0: Well, uh, owe me a little faith. I, uh, it's always bad on a Sunday morning when you wake up to the sound of snow blowers. You're thinking, oh, I'm like, oh, no, this is not going to be good. But uh, you guys always seem to surprise me. It was kind of a funny last week, a funny feeling, uh, not being at church. I, I was thinking out of 39 years of ministry, I think it's only been the third time ever Uh, I can remember we've had to to cancel even when I was younger in ministry and uh, anyways, you know, uh, been wrestling all week with where to go with this message and I just pray that the Lord will uh, lead me today. As I open a prayer, pray the same thing that you'll just pray the Lord will lead me on just so much going on in our world today on... uh, How the Lord will protect us in the times that we live in. So let's pray. Father, we're just so grateful. Lord, in the uncertainty of this world, whether it's our kids, uh, Lord, whether they're little ones or whether they're in grade school, whether they're in high school, Lord, or all the things that they hear, all the things that we face at work, Lord, all the things that we see on the news, that Father, we know that Jesus, our foundation, is in you. And all of the things that we've talked about, even since the beginning of the year, Lord, our focus needs to be on you. Not all of everything that's going on in this world, to know that our foundation is you. And we can take a deep breath and know whatever we see in this world, that we always have hope in you for our families and for our future. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to turn to the book of Joshua. It's one of my favorite, really, books of the, of the Bible. Um, in Joshua, we're gonna look at chapter 14, and we're gonna look at Joshua and Caleb, really, and, and the background of that in a minute. You know, when you think of foundation, I know it's funny, I always think of this, when I think of foundation of Bible. Years ago, I, I, I wanna see, how old am I now? Okay, years ago, uh, I, I, was, I just turned, I think, 40, and uh, the girls and, and, and were arguing about, about foundation, and I'm like, what are you talking, I had no idea what they're talking about. I finally got in a conversation, I said, what are, what are you talking about? And, and they're saying, Dad, it, it, you know, it's stuff you put on before you put on the makeup or whatever, I'm like, oh, okay, and uh, I just saw it. Wow, boy, I've just, you know, I don't know if they're in junior high school. I never forget the time I got in trouble. Karen went away for a couple of days, and uh, the girls saw an opening, so they wore makeup, you know, to, to, to school. And uh, I just took them to school, didn't have a clue that they had makeup on or anything. You know, they just had it all on, and you know, and didn't even realize it until she'd gotten home for the weekend with all that. I thought, oh, man, clueless, but anyways... When it comes to foundation, when it comes to what is the the most important thing that that keeps us grounded, gives us hope that we have to always go back to the Bible. We always have to go back to to what is truth and what isn't truth. And if we don't have the right foundation, we're going to sink. We're going to go under. You know, I'll never forget... uh, when I was, I don't know, probably 13, 14, we lived near a pond. We had this brilliant idea in the summer that we were going to make like a, uh, uh, oh, what was it? Uh, any, anyways, we were going to make a raft to go out into the water. You know, I had this spring idea and just didn't know how to do it at all. We thought we could make a raft, you know? And uh, so, anyway, so we started building this thing. We got to have so much styrofoam and so much if you want to say light wood, you know. So we were doing this, a couple of buddies of mine, and we thought, yeah, we, we've got it, you know, we've got it all made, so we, we carried it over to the pond and we put it in, and the only problem is we didn't have the right balance with enough styrofoam and wood. Now it was fine the way that we had, so we jump onto it and we slowly just start sinking as we go into the water. <laughs> and I just thought, isn't that like our, our life? Is your life as mine like you know when we worry? We worry when we realize the foundation isn't there. We don't, we don't think about it, but our life is out of balance. When our life is out of balance, we pull back and we ask ourselves one question. As a believer, where is the Lord in my life? Because if I'm worrying too much about my kids or my marriage or my finances, we're out of balance. Because truly as a believer, everything really is fine as long as we have that foundation. Now, you and I might not think it for a little while or we're thinking, well, we're sinking here. That's the devil. You might be in a stage of teenagers in your life and, and they're testing you and all the different things that go on with that. Is the right foundation there? Is the foundation there, if the foundation has been there, Even though you might go through turmoil, I want you to know that through Jesus, you're going to make it. Now, if we're living as the world lives today, and you have not had that foundation, or we see so much happening in the world because there is no foundation, the scripture tells us what can the righteous do if there is no foundation? I want us to look at an example in God's Word today, and we hear a lot about Joshua in the Bible, but we don't hear a lot about Caleb. Now, if you know the story of what took place years and years ago, thousands of years ago, that we had 12 spies go into the promised land, the promised land. Do you know as a believer today that you're supposed to be living in the promised land? All the promises of God's Word are relevant to your life. They all, if you'll say, belong to you. Caleb was the only other person beside Joshua believed as they saw the land of the giants. They came back, there were 12 of them, and Moses says, I want you to go spy out the land and come back and see what you see tell us. So thousands of years ago, they go into the land that God had promised them. The 12 spies come back. It is unbelievable. We can't even describe the size of the fruit, the the overwhelming, the cities, the houses. But there's only one problem. There's giants in the land. I mean, not just giants, but giants like you've never seen before. The giants are so big, the example that they gave is that we look like grasshoppers. Now, Joshua and Caleb says, you know what? That's all true. As the other ten spoke, but they went before the leaders of Israel, and they said, but, but with our God, of who we believe, it doesn't mean a thing. He promised that land to us. God became so angry with the other ten, they were wiped off the face of the earth, the other ten spies. And he said to the leaders of Israel, because you didn't believe what I had given for you, given for you, all the young people will be able to go into the promised land. But you're going to have to wander for 40 years in the desert because you didn't believe. I often wonder because we don't believe the Lord. Get this. How much do we wander in our life? How long does it take for us to learn a lesson? All the while, Lord, Lord's saying, I don't care what giants are Will you just trust me. So they wander in the desert for 40 years, and all the people die out of that generation that didn't believe God that they could take the promised land. Now, God says to the two spies and all the younger generation, now they go from being around, they said young people at that time were around the age of 40. That's good, isn't it? Young person at 40 years old, I like that. <laughs> but think about it. Now they're 80. They're 80 years old. They get the promise and the Bible says for another five, for close to five years they have to battle once they go in there. And we see all the wars that take place. I want you to know today there's still going to be battles in your life but you're going to be blessed. We forget that. Oh, I can't believe this is happening to me and this is going on. That's right, but if you can hold on, there's always blessings. But what happened, Caleb said, you know, he went to Joshua and he said, Joshua, we finally have conquered most of this land. But he said, will you give to me the promise that Moses said to my face? 40 years ago. Now, this is what I want you to get if you don't get anything else today. The day that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Bible tells us in Ephesians, you inherited all that he has, all the riches that he has, joy and peace and even financial blessing. And I'm not going to go down all that path today. It's a whole other message. But you have inherited that. You don't have to work it. You don't have to work for it. God has just given it to you. But what he tells us today, that they're still living in this world. You, 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 you're going to have to go there tomorrow. Everything might be fine today, but you have to go back into that crazy world of your kids in school and all the things you have to do at work and all the things you have to deal with, you're right into it again tomorrow. What's the Lord trying to tell us with this? Forty years ago. 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, the Lord made a promise to you. Do you remember it? Whenever it was, and it's still effective. It might not have happened yet, but I want you to know it's going to happen. Forty, there were still battles going on. And finally, Caleb goes to Joshua and says, you know what? We're seeing we've conquered what we needed to in this land. I want what was promised to me. There's nothing wrong with you going before the Lord, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago. You remember when, when the king of Israel went to the prophet of the day, and the only reason he was defeated? Because he didn't believe enough to strike the arrows into the ground again and again and again that it could defeat his enemy. I want you to know that you might still be asking for something that you asked for 10, 15, 20 years ago. As a believer, the promise is still there. God is still going to come through. So Caleb goes to Joshua, and this is where we're going to read the story. And he says, I want the land that Moses said I could have. And he says, everywhere my foot walked, he's going to give me that land. Do you know that every day is not futile in your life? Do you know every place that you go and that you walk, there's still a purpose for that? There's still a reason. You might not understand it, but the Lord says there's a reason for this, and if you keep walking this way, I'm going to bless you with all that you, more than you could ever imagine. So Caleb says he was a mighty warrior with Joshua, and they fought many battles. Said, I want the land that was promised to me. And this is where we pick this story up. I was 40 years old when Moses, a servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barna to spy out the land. In other words, he and Joshua, the only ones that believed that the, the God could give us this promised land. And I brought back word to, as it was in my heart, not what he saw. I don't want you to go on today because you have the foundation of Jesus in your life. It's not what you see in your life right now because of what you see might be pulling you down, you might be sinking. But Caleb says, I I want because of what was in my heart. I believe the Lord. If you are believing the God for great things, it's going to happen. And he says this. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, what we just talked about. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. In other words, he believed God with all of his heart. So Moses swore off that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said. These 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke these words to Moses... While Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am this day, 85 years old. Now, here's a great verse for those of you in your, in your 80s. Are you ready? Verse 11. As yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war. Both for going, in and com- or going out and coming in. And now, therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day, for you heard in that day, now, now listen carefully, the Anaconia were there, in other words, the giants were there, that the cities were great and fortified, that it may be the Lord will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. I don't want you to go on your motions today. I want you to go on your foundation your foundation is a belief in Jesus Christ and all that he gave you the day that you accepted him as your savior. Your foundation that he's given you, not by might, not by power, but by his spirit, you will conquer everything. Do you believe that? Holy, he said, all of my heart, Caleb said. With all of my heart, I believe the Lord. And because of that, you know how long it took? Forty-five years. They wandered in the desert for 40, and then unbelievable battles they fought for another five years. Finally, he is able to take the land that was promised to him. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. Okay, we went over the verse. Look at verse 13. And Joshua blessed him and gave him Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb and it goes on and talks about Hebron became the land for him. Do you know why we we get down in life? We forget our foundation. The enemy always wins when we forget who we are in Jesus. As we talked about at the beginning of the year, remember, it's, it's our mind it's a renewing of our mind. Whatever comes and you think about it in your mind, you either battle against the devil and you bring it under captivity, or you know that you're more than conquerors. And whatever you think, whatever you're thinking today, is becoming overpowering to you. And Jesus says, to Go before him and believe. Believe who he is, and who he is as his spirit is within you. He can't conquer your family. He can't conquer your life. The devil can't do anything to you that you won't let him in. Do you know that any temptation, any sin, whatever it might be, that you have to give the devil, I have to give the devil permission? If you resist the devil, he will flee from you. Every battle that Caleb fought, he won. But notice what it says in that last verse. I want you to look at verse 15. It's, I don't know if we've got up on the screen or not, but the very last part. Then the land had rest for more. Now this can be confusing to all of us if we don't read this the right way. Because you say, well, I mean, hey, I, I, I mean, I know Jesus is my Savior. He's supposed to be wonderful. It's just supposed to be perfect. You know, so it's just like, you know, you, you go to your parents, you find this person you're going to marry, and, you know, you just so, it's, oh, they're incredible. It's just so amazing. You want to spend all the time with them in the world and all these things, you know, and, you're, and your parents have been married a while, you know, and they're going, oh, that's good, that's great. good. And they've been married a long time maybe, right? And they're going, you know what? I guess, yeah, they'll find out, you know, that it's a little bit different than what they thought. But. There was a commitment. Now, when you make a commitment in that way, when you join together, you become one. When the Bible says we have rest for war, it doesn't mean you're not going to have problems. You're going to have to work through things. It means this. You're, you're always going to be victorious. It doesn't mean you're not going to have difficulty. But he's looking backward, and this is what I want to get to you today. He knew that he had the foundation of God in his life. Because he had that foundation, he knew whatever battles that he faced and all those that he went through, whatever that he was going to face, they were already won. Now, with your family and where you are in life, in relationship, are you and I so confident because of the foundation that we have Are we still believing? Because you've been hitting that battle for so long. Are you still believing? Just I'm just as strong. Lord, you, you, you have made me strong through these battles. it amazing if you're able to go through adversity and get through it, how it strengthens your life. You don't ever want to go through it again. But if you're willing to say, You know what? I don't like it. I don't like I had to go through it, but it has refined me to the place that I have the joy of the Lord in my life. And what I see out there that the Lord has for me because of my foundation, I know I can take that land. And I know that I am more than a conqueror. I know the Lord has got so unbelievable blessings. I'm excited that I know that this is what he has promised me. Yes, there's still going to be giants in the land, but the Lord is going to take you through. Let me put it in this way. Is anyone capable of going through what they had to go through for four or five years? Yes. Is anyone capable of doing that all of their life? No. You say, what do you mean? The Lord wants you to know that you have a lifespan. And within that lifespan, you're going to have times that's going to be rest. You're going to have times of blessing. And you're going to have times of adversity. But overall, the Lord's saying to you that you are going to have life and have it more abundantly. You and I need to look at our life as a lifespan. We need to know the reason that we can go through what we're going through is we have the foundation. We live in a world that doesn't have that. Whatever you have problems, your kids, relationships, job situations, or in your home, you know that you don't have to panic because your foundation is in Jesus. And we know that we can look to this and every promise that we need is in here. Why am I saying what I'm saying today? Well, Let's look at another verse. I want you to look in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 11. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. When we fear, when we struggle with whatever it may be in life, it's because we've stepped on the foundation and we put ourselves in the foundation. We're now the foundation. And we say, you know what? I got the finances. I can do it. You know, I, I don't need I'm good now. I can make it. You know, how many times have I seen people, uh, whether it was years ago in USA Today paper or people are planning for the retirement. And this is a big article about how this person was able to retire at 40. Okay, that's great. But do they have any guarantee that they'll make it to their 41st birthday? None. What's your foundation in? It's in this life. What is your foundation in? Your foundation, no other can be laid than that is Jesus Christ. What am I talking about? Well, of course, to you and I as a believer today, I'm amazed on this day that we have this many people on and how bad the weather is today. The Lord brought you here today to hear this. Whatever you struggle through, whatever you're going through, one, it's a season. Two, you're going to make it because your foundation is the right place. Money and all the money in the world, there's nothing wrong with money. Don't trust in it, though. Money can, can buy comfort but it can't buy peace. It's a big difference. I want you to know today, is Jesus, he is the Prince of Peace. Now, if you're off a little bit, if things are, or, or you're looking at life a little bit, maybe the way you should, or you're panicking because of what you see in society, and you have to, to, to raise your kids and all that goes on, and the grandkids in this crazy world that we live in, I want you to know that if your foundation is in Jesus, He's going, to get, he's going to get you through it. And not only is He going to get you through it, even in the midst of it, you're going to have peace. Because you know the Lord's got this. All the years I was going through what I was going through, deep down within me, what kept me going was what I loved to do in life. What kept me going was I knew I had such a passion to preach and to present God's word. I knew that those years and all that I was going through, that deep down I still had this unbelievable belief and trust with all of my heart, I was going to preach preach again. I knew it. Deep down in your heart, is it deep down in there, there is such a conviction that you have, whatever you're facing, you know the Lord He's got a plan for your life. He's going to finish it. What did we look at a week or two weeks ago? What Jesus has started in your life, it's not dependent on you. What he started in your life, he will finish. In other words, everything that you need to fight the battle, because your battle is so different than a person sitting next to you. They're not facing the same battle. You know, you can run into somebody in public and you can run into them at the mall and you start talking and you can throw up all your problems on in their life and you haven't seen them in years. Blah, blah, blah. You know, everything goes out. And as people walk away from you, five minutes later, they don't care. Hey, I'm just being honest with you. They don't care. They got their own problems. But you know who is there every second of every day? that is there to let you know that you're going to win this. Jesus cares. Cast all your burdens on him because he cares for you. So why am I saying what I'm saying today? Why am I saying that our strength is in the Lord. Why am I saying today to build up to what I want to say for a few minutes? Why am I saying that, that we can't have any other foundation of Jesus? Because I can hear, I can know pastors say, listen to me, that, that pastors are one of the largest churches in America and can get up and say that you don't really need all of this. You just need the New Testament. It doesn't do me any good to give you the person's name. Pastor's pastor one of the largest evangelical churches in the world, and he has so much influence. And you can get up and say, the Old T- Testament is just not relevant anymore. We just basically need to go off the New Testament. Now, I'm pretty much paraphrasing. But Jesus, from what I understand, it says that he didn't come to destroy everything in the Old Testament. He came to fulfill it. In other words, once and for all, all the sacrifices of the Old Testament, of all the lambs and all the bulls, and all the different sacrifices they had to give and of the shedding of blood, once and for all, when Jesus came and he shed his perfect blood, yes, we have eternal life in heaven when we accept him as our Savior. But you know what? The the Ten Commandments are still good. Don't murder. Don't steal. Don't be envious. Don't, don't do the things of the world. And we can look back and say, this and this and this. Now, does that save you? No, it points you to the cross. But you, all the stories and all the things of the, of the Old Testament, they're still good and to learn from. We don't throw it away. Why am I saying this? Because when we open the door just a little bit, then we can get rid of something else. Then we get rid And matter of fact, you know what you can do today you can, you can take this book, God's Word, and you can just pretty much interpret it the way you want to. Whatever you want it to say, you, and you'll pick and choose what verses you want for you. And everything else doesn't apply. All Scripture is given and is inspired by God. So as I close today, I want to close with one last verse. 1 Timothy chapter 4, in verses 1 and 2. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times. Now I want you to get this. Now the Spirit, who does the Spirit speak to specifically? It's you and me as a believer. The Spirit walks alongside unbelievers and knocks on the heart of their door. And hopefully they'll accept him as their sa- Jesus is their Savior. But the spiritually, especially says to you and to me, as we live in the world that we live in today, we can t- tell as the seasons that we live in, we are living in the end days. You cannot deny that all the wars and rumors of wars that we see, all the things that you're scared about because of when you send your your kids off on that yellow school bus that you used to never think anything about. Now, you're fearful of them. When they go to that school, you know not what is going to happen to them that day, the evil and the violence that we live in. The Spirit says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith You know, let me clarify. I'm not saying that person is a believer or not a believer. That's the person I was talking to, that other pastor. I just know what he's saying and some of what he's saying is not not scriptural. I can't judge whether a person is a believer or not. Do I believe he is? Yes. But he just got off track. I don't mean that in any condescending way at all. But what I'm sharing with you, it says some will depart from the faith. This is what I believe. That's saying we live in a world today that the Bible is not relevant anymore. You know, 40, 50 years ago, it was a good thing, wasn't it? When you know that your child came home and said, "Hey, you know, my teacher, uh, uh, mom, dad, I want to let you know, you know, it's it's amazing they have a Bible on their desk." Oh, I mean, you think you said, "Oh man, that's great," <laughs> not allowed anymore. And I could go down the list of everything that we have pushed God out of our society. How a coach can be fired from his job because he decides to go pray at the 50-yard line after the football game's over with. He can be fired from his job. How that we can see all the different things. And, 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 and you know what I'm saying is you work in that place in the second world. You've got to be careful. You got to be careful, don't talk about Jesus too much, because if you do, you know, you'll be called in, and you, you, you know, you're not sure if you're going to have that job or not. Depart from the faith, not believing in who God is and, and who Jesus is. I remember when I went back, when I was in grade school, they would always have the – if you've lived here and grown up here, uh, it would be the Turkey Day game out at the Rubber Bowl, if you can remember that. And they'd have a – it was a Garfield or Kenmore, whoever was going to win the City Series, and they'd have, they have this football game out there on Turkey Day. And you know what? This, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going back probably 45 or 50 years, and, and, and they would have my dad – And I can remember there, you know, right before the game was starting, my dad would go all the way over to the glass booth up there, and I could look, and they would have him open up in prayer as a pastor for, you know, for Thanksgiving and what we're thankful for, and no one would be interested in the game. It would be a great day. What's happened? Well, we've turned away from this book that's true and it's real, and because of that, because we departed from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits, doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Maybe it's taken all this time to get to where I'm at. I never thought we would live in what we're living in. But so many have had their conscience seared with a hot iron, that we live in the United States of America today, that we saw this last week, that in New York State, that that I call it a child, a little baby, as God said in 139, I have covered you in the womb. I've seen you in the most secret parts as I formed you as a little baby. That in New York State this past week, they approved abortion up to birth. If you don't believe me, look it up. That you can now abort a little baby, I want to call a baby, because I believe that's what it is in a child, in a mother's womb up to birth, have their conscience seared with a hot iron, not only if that's bad enough, the scripture tells us if, you, if we live in a place, what I'm getting at in just a minute, what they did is just as bad. Is It says if you approve of that, you are just as bad as the one that does it. Now, if someone's had an abortion, will Jesus forgive them? Absolutely. I'm getting to the place to where, but don't do it. That's what I'm trying to say because the Scripture says after the vote was taken and it was made into law, those that made it into law stood and gave a standing ovation that this was approved. They all stood up and clapped, yay, all right, we made this into law. What? What are we living in? I mean, what has happened? That the United States of America, this is what we're living in? That up to birth, that a child can be taken out of a mother? And and I don't want to even go into it, how unbelievable it is to think of. And not only is that bad enough, I have to ask myself today, in the United States of America, Why there is no moral authority anymore? Because how many pastors or churches even addressing what I just said? Not because it's me, not because this is city church, but because this is God's word. How many churches, even in all of America, are we hearing to say what just took place? In England right now today... In Canada, right now, today, if I say anything derogatory towards certain things in society, let's just take someone who is uh, uh, transsexual. And if I get up and say, you know what, I don't want to make fun of them. I don't do that. You guys know me well enough. But just say, hey, God has made us a certain way. And I go on and elaborate that. In Canada or in England, and if I do the same thing about Islam, and I say anything at all, that's derogatory, I can be arrested. How long will it be before I know, and I speak what I just said today, will it be to know and wondering, will I be arrested? You say, oh, come on, Dallas. In the latter times, society, so many, will have their conscience seared with a hot iron that they can stand up and approve with a standing ovation, a killing of a child. This is where the United States, and maybe you're here visiting today, and I don't bring many messages like this, but I, I, I owe it to you. I represent God, and I'm not perfect, but I owe it to you to tell you life is a life. And I'm here to tell you that as Caleb said, I know there's still giants in the land, but I know I'm going to be blessed. I want you to know there is no other way to live, trust me, than live on the foundation of Jesus. You may have tried it another way. That's why you're here. You're you're wanting to hear, I need something more because what I'm doing right now in life is not working. What I'm here to tell you today is Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way, meaning that you'll never get lost on his path. He is the truth, so opposite of the devil. Anything the devil tries to tell you to get involved with, he always lies to you. Jesus is the way. He is the truth, and he is the life. You will look forward to everyday living and every day, no matter how bad it gets in this world you and I will look forward and say, Lord, you've given me another day to live for you. He's given us life and life more abundantly. There is nothing like living the Christian life. No matter what giant that you face on this earth, I want you to know that Jesus said that he is the Prince of Peace. And no matter what you're facing here in this life, no matter what you've been through, don't no matter what you're going through right now, I want you to know that not only that you will win, Jesus says, but you'll have a life that'll be so amazing, as I was sharing with somebody this week. Dallas, how do I, how do I, in this craziness that we're living in, how do I do what I need to do to reach other people? And, and it, it's, it's simple. You don't have to go yelling and screaming and, you know, Knock on all these doors and telling people are dying and going to hell, you don't have to do that. He said, What do I do? Jesus says, Always be ready to give an answer for the hope that is in you. We are the light that is set on a hill, and the light that we have shines forth in the darkness of people live in today. And they see your life, and they see that you're going through the same thing that they're going through, but they see you have peace and joy, and you have an underlying hope that they don't have, always be ready to give an answer. You know what? You'll be able to reach heaven. You'll be able to do it just by the joy and the peace that you have. People say, hey. Can I have what you have? Let's pray. Father, as we come before you today, we know in some ways it's been difficult to see what we live in. But we know our foundation is in you. Father, we know that we can be so thankful. that if we've gotten a little bit off track today or you've had us here on this day to hear this message, no matter how dark this world is that we live in, that we can can stand on your promises and we know the foundation through your shed blood and the craziness that we live in, Jesus, that we have hope. Father, we don't know what's going to happen, but we know deep down where we're going. And we have hope in this world. And, Lord, it hurts my heart to see what we're living in. But while we have time, Lord, we know that you could come back soon. But, Father, there's so many people to reach. Lord, if there's someone here, whether it's on YouTube, whether they're here today, whatever it might be, and they don't know you as their Savior, may they know, Jesus, forgive me a sinner. I believe that you died on a cross for me, and you shed your perfect blood for me. And I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me of all of my sins. Jesus, if there's one here today or one watching on YouTube, may they just pray that prayer. Father, we're thankful. We're thankful that we have hope in this world that we live in today for our families and for our future. And our hope is the foundation that we have in you. In Jesus' name. Lord, we ask if there's someone here doesn't know you as their savior, may they come as Ben leads us today and we will give you all the praise in your name. Amen.